Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the, the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And joining us on the carne asada, of course, is La Reina de Playa Larga, Amy Cuevas, and Babyface. So uh, I know the last episode was a little bit of a downer. Um, I appreciate the kind words from uh, those of you who did listen to that episode or watch the episode. Um, and uh, we will try not to be as depressing on this one as we were on the last one. But we are going to start up uh, with just a quick update. Uh, what we've the new information on the Julio deal. First of all, uh, as of Wednesday, he was placed on administrative leave which we all knew was going to happen. It was all just a matter of time. Uh, so now he is on leave. And then the only other new information, and this came out uh, via the LA Times, it looks like, uh, I'm going to read this. This is from the LA Times. I want to give credit. This is uh, Jack Harris of the LA Times and Bill Shaken. It looks like they're working together on this story. But uh, from their story in the LA Times, a concerned citizen saw a man attacking a woman after a soccer match at Exposition Park. They that This concerned man flagged down the police. They were uh, This man was unaware that the man was Dodgers pitcher Julio Diaz. Uh, and that's according to the report that was released on Thursday. Uh, Ex Exposition Park management has released limited information about what led up to the arrest uh, for suspicion of domestic violence. On Sunday, uh, it seems the person who flagged down the officers after the game between LAFC and Inter Miami, um, the citizen saw a man attacking the woman. According to the report, the man and the woman were then approached by officers from the state police agency that patrols Exposition Park. Those officers determined that a physical altercation involving the man and the woman had occurred. Uh, also, uh, it is in the uh, the victim in question declined medical assistance at that time. So additional information here in that is that it was a state police agency. So it wasn't even LAPD or the sheriffs that I, that were patrolling that area. But from that report to me, it seems like they're the ones that made the call. 
Now, uh, they're the ones that determined after seeing them that something had happened. Um, but obviously, this concerned citizen is the one who first saw something. Now, there might have been other witnesses, but it, it seems like there was just one person who reported this. Uh, so we'll see what that if that adds anything. Again, we talked about this on the last episode. If there is a video, it has been yet to surface. Um, the fact that the, the victim uh, declined medical assistance, at this point, I think this is all just going to be in the lawyers in terms of when it comes to the court courtroom. But in terms of Major League Baseball's investigation, I just think there's no question that there is going to be additional punishment that Julio Urias is going to face. Uh, regarding the new information that was just dropped, um, Reina, do you have any thoughts, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, I think it kind of goes with what you said. Uh, regardless of what happens in the in the court of law, I think MLB is going to run their own investigation. And and because there was an incident, kind of like what we discussed on the last episode, right? There's you know there's going to be the court of public opinion, and and this just can't stand because it's not okay, regardless of what the outcome is in the in the legal system. Babyface, do you have any questions on the new information that was released on on Urias? I think that's the thing that we need to understand is that it's two separate entities, right? It's MLB and it's the, the legal, you know, departments. Cause I got, a, I got a lot of messages saying, you know, we, I, we still get it. You know, Bauer didn't do anything Bauer do it. And Hey, you know, you can say that or whatever, but in, in, in the, in the legal world. Right. But like we said, it's, it's a separate issue. It's MLB. MLB is stating, Hey, you broke, our rules, you did this, you did that. It's a bad look. It's a stain on the fran- it's on the franchise on MLB, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why there's a there's punishment coming from them. And like I said, same same thing's gonna happen here. Even if Julio would not be charged, he is gonna face you know punishment from MLB. Exactly. And uh, so I mean that's all again. We're gonna give you look, go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear our opinions on it. At this point, we're just going to give you information, whatever is being reported uh, and and the facts, and we will go ahead and relay it to you as we get it. But let's get into some actual baseball. Let's uh, the Dodgers. um, They're going through a little rough patch here and and I don't blame them. So let's go back. I want to talk about the Bravo series because the Bravo series seemed to put a real damper on everybody's. Uh, feelings on this team, their expectations on this team. The Bravos came into Los Angeles and they won three out of four. And you had said something on a prior episode, Babyface. So I want to start off with you. When you had said, if you go into someone else's home and you beat them, don't those wins count a little more? So the fact that the Bravos came in here and took three out of four from the Dodgers, in your mind, does that mean that the Bravos are, are clearly the better team? I mean, it. I mean, obviously that weekend they were definitely the better team, you know. But same thing, Dodgers went into Atlanta, right, and won two out of three. So it's, you know, I mean, I know it's a different time of the season when they did that. I mean, the Braves obviously they came out and this this past weekend and you know they they brought it to the Dodgers, right? I mean, they exposed them in you know their starting pitchers, right? And and it just looked like they were a little bit, um, even though the Dodgers were playing really good. 
at, going into that series, I mean, the Braves just looked like they were gelling a little bit better. So, I mean, even though some of those, those games were close, like, you know, we had mentioned, I, I thought those games were going to be pretty close. And I think you even mentioned this to, to Roberts is that series probably could have went, you know, two, two, right. It probably could have yeah. been a split with, you know, a couple of hits here and there. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, if they do match up with them in the playoffs, you know, obviously, obviously being in in the um, in the NLCS, it's going to be a pretty tough matchup, and and you know, it'd be interesting to see. But I think uh, these two teams, they do know each other pretty well. Um, they do match up pretty good. Um, so if we if we do get an NLCS between them two, I mean, it's definitely going to be a good series. Right now, what was your uh, biggest takeaway from that series against the Bravos? Because your positivity, I mean, I know you're not going to be, I saw a lot of this on social media. I mean, the white flag was raised. It's over. I mean, what, what's the point? Just end the season now because we can't play with the Braves. Uh, what were your takeaways from that series? I wasn't as worried. Do I want to lose? No. But at the same time, like we're not in a do or die situation where we have to win every game. And I also don't, like I said, while I don't want to lose, I don't necessarily want to show the Braves everything before we get to the postseason too. Our guys are probably not holding anything back. They had a couple rough games, but at the same time, like in the grand scheme of things, we're doing okay. So as long as we can buckle it up, tighten everything up before the postseason, I think we'll be fine. You know, I, I mean, it, it was very interesting because it wasn't until that Sunday game when Bobby Miller just pitched a gem uh, of a game. He was very good there. Uh, it really struck me, after, especially after Saturday's game, because Saturday's game was a very winnable game. So if they had won that Saturday game, they could have split the series very easily 2-2. And do we look at that series differently then? Do we sit there and go, hey, these teams are pretty evenly matched? Because let me tell you, if the Dodgers win on Saturday, they win the season series against the Bravos. They take four out of seven against them this year. And it's like, look, the Dodgers can compete with the Bra uh, with the Braves. But the things that happen in that series, it felt very much like a playoff series. It felt like this is the kind of stuff that we've seen in the past from the Dodgers when they aren't successful. And that is execution runners in scoring position. I think about that play on Saturday. I mean, there's a couple of plays that you can go back to, but on Saturday, the Dodgers had the bases loaded with no outs and Will Smith hit into a double play. If you can somehow avoid hitting into a double play, if let's say you hit a sacrifice fly and maybe someone else then ends up hitting a ground ball to the right side and you score two runs instead of one run in that inning, the Dodgers end up winning that game. Right. You so they had it, it, exactly what the rain has been, you know, <laughs> pleading for small ball. Right. But that's also you got to give the Bravos credit because that's what good teams do. Right. They limit the damage. So the Dodgers who had the bases loaded with no outs and you're thinking they're going to put up a crooked number in this series and they're looking good. I, I, I mean, we really and, and, you know, friend of the kind of that Rob Bradford brought this up and it's like we are victims of the moment, right? We just sit there and it's like immediately what's going on here. And it's like, look, there's still a lot of baseball left. And what's happening now isn't necessarily going is what's going to happen in the playoffs. So for me, and then when I asked Roberts that question, he even brought up, they could have came back. They almost stole Thursday's game. They had an opportunity to at least tie that game. They had an opportunity to come back and win 
that game. And if they did that and they take care of business on Saturday, the Dodgers win three out of four, and you have a completely different feeling about this team, even though you have the same issues with this team, which we're going to get into. So that to me, look, I'm not trying to convince myself, but Reina, you're chomping at the bit. What am I saying wrong? But isn't that baseball though? Like I was mad that like one of the, like a big call didn't go our way. Like it was the, the strikeout an, on, on an Mookie. egregious ball like that. And that call, got called a strike. Like there were, it, but that's baseball. Like in any given game that could go the other team, like against them. And then we win. And it's like, that's baseball. So like well, that, said, that's, that's what would pre- to me is my biggest takeaway is these games against the Bravos are going to be close. Mm-hmm. The margin for error for the Dodgers is much smaller than the margin for error for the Bra- for the Bravos. The Dodgers have to basically play perfect baseball to beat the Bravos. I don't know if you can say the same thing about the Bravos. I think the Bravos can be a little off their game and still win the game. I, after seeing this series with the Dodgers, I, I feel like the Dodgers cannot let opportunities like that when you have the bases loaded and no outs, you you can't. And then the other thing is that the starting pitching has to be better because what was obvious was the difference was the starting pitching in that series. Wouldn't Bravos, you say that it was exposed though? Like that exposed it so that they could work through that through all of September. And then we are seeing like the rookies are, they are stepping up. And while Robert said on that past Sunday game there, it's not the same as the postseason, yeah. but they're doing a great job. So if we're exposing our our the gaps in some of the starting pitching with more the more veteran pitchers, we still have the rest of September to work those kinks out and then get the rookies geared up. So if anything, I feel like it just gives us more information to get to the postseason. Well, I, I mean, at, the, at this point, the way the Dodgers starting rotation is going, I, I think you don't have any options but to turn to, to, to these rookies. But that to me was the difference because with the Dodgers bullpen, except for poor Alex Vesia, who just made a horrible mistake. I mean, he left one right over the plate and that, that Bravo's lineup, it one through nine. And that's again, for me, what is the difference is that Bravo's lineup made the, every Dodger starter pitch, starting pitching, a starting pitcher earn every at bat. And if you cannot put these guys away, they're going to make you pay for it. They keep making you throw more pitches. And sooner or later, the more pitches you throw, you're going to make a mistake. So what Bobby Miller could do is what Lance Lynn and Julio couldn't do Thursday and Friday. And that was put these hitters away when you had two strikes on them. Bobby Miller could do it. Emmett Sheehan was successful in doing that. He left a pitch 3-0 right over the plate on Ronald Acuna. But it, it seemed like... If you have the stuff, the swing and miss stuff to put people away, that, that's an advantage. When you don't, the Bravos are going to make you pay. So I, I, it's a, to me, this series was a mixed bag. The starting pitching did not look good in the first two games. With, except, with the exception of Vesia, I thought the bullpen was very strong. And the Bravos bullpen, who's supposed to be like one of the best bullpens in Major League Baseball, did not look very uh, impressive in that series. Babyface, am I just being a Pollyanna here? Am I grasping at straws? But looking back at it, to me, I, I, I kind of feel like, hey, the Dodgers, 
they can compete with this team. They just do need to play perfect baseball to beat them. Yeah, I mean, looking uh, looking back at that Thursday game, and they lost eight seven, right? And they were they were down like they were down pretty big, right? Wasn't it like uh, seven to one? Uh, yeah. So I mean, they came all the way back. They had a chance in the eighth, and I believe in the ninth, right, to yeah. actually to tie that game or win that game. But one of those things, like you're saying, perfect baseball. You know, obviously Lance Lynn gave up a lot of home runs in that game as well. So that that's that's becoming an issue, right? We saw again also in Miami. Um, but also there was, a, there was a big error by Max Muncy in that game. That, yeah. that 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 error doesn't happen. They probably win that game. So when you're talking about being perfect, like Max Muncy needs – he's making me nervous at third base a lot. Now, every time that ball goes to Max Muncy, like either he doesn't play it correctly or he ends up throwing it away. So that is something that needs to be tightened up going into the playoffs because you don't want, you know, an error costing you a playoff game. Is that I mean, the shoulder injury you think too? Playing into it, is he playing a little bit hurt? Has he come back too soon? Well, he he well he had said on that error is like he didn't position himself correctly to throw the ball, right. so that's mm-hmm. that's what he said on that error. I I, I know this is going to make La Reina very happy, but Babyface didn't it feel very different when Kike was playing third? Yeah, I mean. It, it, like I said, right now I'm feeling really like when 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 man, once he's at third and the ball's hit to him. I mean, he does a pretty good job sometimes, kind of fielding those plays. But yeah. when he's throwing that ball across the diamond, is kind of like is, is it you know is it going is is to get straight? there? Where's it going to is, is it going to bounce? You know, and, and a lot of yeah. a lot of those plays, he's kind of you know he's needing Freddie to to get that pick. You know, so that's something like I said. We need to uh, make sure that Max Muncy is able to just make that play, get it over first, and you know, just keep it, keep it going. Uh, Reina, the shoulder injury though, didn't that happen after uh, Muncie's uh, or do you think he's been battling this shoulder injury for a while? Well, they, well, cause he came out of the game. I'm trying to think what that was gosh, Sunday, the game that we were game that he came out of. Yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering, is it something that led up to that before he came out of it? Okay. I'm thinking of Sunday leading into the Marlins. So yeah, my mistake. But I, I'm just wondering, does that factor in? Did it just happen during that at bat? Or is it something that he's been battling and now we're just seeing it play out in, in a lot of these games? Well, I mean, l- let's let's go to Miami uh, because they show up on Tuesday and it's right after the whole Julio thing happened. So I, I know we talked about it on the last episode. How much of that game, that loss on Tuesday was that attributed to they were distracted? They were they're dealing with the Julio thing because it was a close game. It was three three until you know that I think it was the it was the eighth inning when the when when the Marlins I think ended up scoring three runs on on two home run balls, the two home run balls. But I, yeah, let me get let me start there first. Reina, were they distracted on Tuesday? Do you think they've been distracted that whole series in Miami until? Thursday when all of a sudden it looked like, Hey, the Dodgers showed up in Miami all of a sudden. I don't see how you couldn't. I mean, if we're, we're fans on the outside and we're not even in that clubhouse and we're all deeply impacted by this, you see it on social media. You saw it with us. Like, how could you not? These people play with that person in their clubhouse. That person's not there. They're having to deal with media. How could you not be distracted? How could it not impact you? So I definitely think it played a role. And I think, Babyface, you get your point, right? Because Roberts, I think, word for word said what you were going to say. 
uh, when they asked him about Julio. Yeah, I mean, I'll add it, that to the point, Char. I mean, you know, you know, this is going to be the standard. Hey, this is all I know. This is all I can say. And and that's kind of what he said. But I mean, if you ask any one of those players, I mean, they're going to tell you no, they aren't distracted, right? That's kind of you know, they're they're not a team that goes out there and gives you excuses. But you know, it does probably play into. I mean, they're human, right? We're all human. I think we were all dist- distracted as fans, right? Like we're like you know, it, it's it's on your mind. So I think it does probably go in in there, and, you know, and it affects them a bit. But you know, could it could have been that day, and maybe a little bit, um, you know, in the second game. But it looks like they're they're coming out of it. You know, they had a big game. You know, ten runs, right? It was a ten runs today. Yeah. So so they're you know, and they're heading to Washington now, and 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 Washington. Normally, we think Washington like they're pretty bad, but I mean they've been playing better as of late. So we'll see how how this weekend goes for them. Yeah. No, I mean I don't think it's anything of a cakewalk going into Washington in this series. Uh, I want to, because it's that first game of the series, I want to talk about the Clayton Kershaw situation. I know a lot of people are just like, oh man, it it looks like Kershaw's done. He's not going to make it. Kershaw to me, I don't think he pitched that bad, but the problem is, is you're comparing him to his past. I mean, it's hard to compete with a ghost. Right. It's like every time Kershaw goes out there, it's not just, hey, he gave us a quality start. When Kershaw's out there, you expect Kershaw to go seven innings and pitch shutout ball. And it's just, you know, unfortunately, the last two starts, that's not what we've seen. But look, this is his last two starts in Miami. He pitched five innings. He gave up three earned runs. Okay, I I don't think that's disastrous. It's better than some of the other pitchers on the Dodgers. Prior to that, against the the Serpientes, he went five innings, and he only gave up one earned run. So I I know a lot was made about his velocity because, especially in Miami, he didn't hit 90 at all. I think, to me, the biggest concern is his control. Prior to his last two starts, prior to that start against the Serpientes, the most he had walked in a game in a se- this season, were, he had two walks. Against the Serpientes, he walked three. And what was very alarming against uh, Miami was he walked five. So if his velocity is down and he doesn't have control, that seems like a recipe for disaster in the playoffs. And to the miss man's credit, if, if you watch that post-game interview on Tuesday... They repeatedly asked him. Friend of the Carnesada, Juan Toribio asked him. Jack Harris asked him. Fabian asked him. Plunkett asked him. I mean, four of the beat writers there asked him the same thing. Is your shoulder affecting you? And I don't think Dave Roberts did Kershaw any favors by saying uh, Kershaw's shoulder is is affecting him. Now, you know Kershaw was never going to use that as an excuse. And that's why he was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And it wasn't like a very reassuring fine. The more he kept saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. All I kept hearing is you're not fine, dude. You're not fine, but it is in you that you just will not ever use an injury as an excuse. I think there's so many other pitchers who would sit there and go, yeah, my shoulder is bothering me. I just couldn't do it. But you're not going to hear that from Kershaw. So I have a couple questions for you guys on this one. Reina, how first of all, how concerned are you about Kershaw's health? 
I mean, he's fine. We don't have to be concerned, right? <laughs> um, I mean, like you said, he's this is what his 16th year. Yes. Like he's you can't compare him to the past. He's going to do the the best that he can. Um, L- he let me stop say- you right there. I agree with you that we shouldn't. But do you think Kershaw compares himself to the past? Hundred percent. He's going to hold himself to a higher standard, and you know the after he repeated that he was fine, he's going to work with Pryor. They're going to go into the. They're going to go in and look and see. You know what is affecting his pitching. You know he's going to be in that room looking at all of that game tape and just trying to identify, if not how to fix it, what they can do to at least get him to the finish line. So he's going to put in the work. I guess it's one of those things like we can't control it. Like we can we can couch manage. We can do whatever we want, but at the end of the day, he's going to do the best that he can do. Who are we going to get to replace him? Nobody. So we, you know, we take what we can get, hope that whatever they find in those tapes, they can, you know, fix it or at least put a bandaid on it. And he goes out there and he does the best that he can. Cause you know, he's going to give his all. It's not like he's ever going to go out there and, and do it halfway. So am I concerned? I mean, sure. Do I want him to do I don't even want to say better because that means he's doing a bad job. But like, do I want him to pitch up to the standard he wants to? Absolutely. So, you know, just hope for the best. Exactly. And expect the worst. So, uh, babyface, Roberts came out there and said it is too late in the season to give him what I'm assuming they're talking about was he took an epidural uh, in that shoulder before he went on the DL. And so it is either obviously it didn't work or it's just not healing or this is just 16 years of wear and tear that you're just not going to bounce back. Right. So if the option is they can't give him another shot and giving him rest, isn't really going to make the situation better. He just has to pitch through this. How concerned are you about Kershaw? Is he going to make it to to the postseason? Well, right now, I mean, if you get if you get five innings of Kershaw, three run ball, right? You're going to take that, right? Especially in the playoffs, right? You're going to take that, right? You're going to take that over uh, Lancelin giving you seven innings, but he gives up six, and three of those are home runs, right? Yeah. So, as long as Kershaw is fine, like he says he's fine, and if you know he knows his body and he knows he can go out there and compete, you know, as long as he's not going to hurt himself, right, or is like really hurt and he can't compete. Then you know I'm I'm gonna trust in Kershaw. And I'm gonna trust that what he can do and 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 go out there and compete. And like I said, if if he could only give us five, three runs or less, you know you're gonna take it. Reina, do the Dodgers have a responsibility to protect Kershaw from himself? Like if I know they say, well, you know he's not giving him rest isn't gonna make him any better, but throwing him out there the way he is could they is this doing more harm than good i mean do they really need to say to him thank you man you've done everything for us you had a great season but this is just we got snake bit and this is just something we didn't i mean do they owe it to protect him and also what do they owe the rest of the team because if Kershaw keeps going out there and he's struggling and but he's putting out a valiant effort but he's putting the team behind the eight ball because let's say he's giving up more than three runs. He's and he's going less than five innings. I mean, what is the Dodgers organization? What is their role here? Don't they owe it to the other 25 guys 
in that clubhouse that we got to put the best people out there to win games? A couple things. So it's a collaborative process in that clubhouse, right? Kershaw is going to fight to go out there no matter what. I'm I'm assuming from what we know. But at the same time, like that, they've got the best doctors, the best, you know, physical therapists, everybody on that team. If he can't go out there, they're not going to let him go out. there. So I don't I don't think it's a matter of like, do they owe him anything? They're going to have those conversations. So whether it's protecting him from himself or not, they've got the staff that can actually pull that off. Uh, as far as like him going out there and pitching, I mean, you this is not a knock against Lance Lynn, but we we saw the numbers from the last two games. You can't say that Kirsch is hurting the team or hurting the guys on there because Lance Lynn is not injured for what we know. And, you know, his numbers the last two games, they're they're a little rough, but he's doing his best. So if he's not injured, if he's not hurting himself more, I don't think he's necessarily a detriment to the team. And then to kind of your last point, okay, then who are we bringing in? Because we're already struggling to get that five-man rotation. So then even if we're piggybacking some of our guys and you miraculously get Walker back and he can come back for multiple innings and we're not going to hurt him, who are you going to get to replace Kirsch if you can even get him off the field? You know who we're going to bring in in the postseason? Ryan Pepio. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. So, I mean, we're going to get the popote in a minute there. <laughs> popote. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead, Reina. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, kind of to just, you guys were talking about this with the vote, man, I think a week ago, like the Dodgers are not going to hurt their players. So, I mean, contrary to what Cody Bellinger and his, his manager are saying, <laughs> you know, it's a collaborative process. So I, I'm not, I'm not worried. Babyface, this is one of those classic, uh, there are different rules, different set of rules for different players. So if this was anyone else, the Dodgers would probably be like, hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. But because this is Clayton Kershaw, like Lorena said, this is a collaborative process. I don't know how collaborative this is. I think this is Kershaw going in there like hell. You guys are shutting me down. And you've got Gonsolin who pitched all season, though, not doing well. So you know, that's a very interesting point there. Uh, Reina, but I mean, babyface, this is going to be Kershaw's call, right? Regardless of what we see, regardless of what the results are, if he can physically go out there and pick up a baseball and throw it, he's still gonna, he's gonna go out there and pitch, right? Yeah, and I think didn't didn't Robert say that he, he said Kershaw's gonna go until he can't go, right? It's kind right. of so. I mean, they're not, this is not their decision, it's it's Kershaw, right? Yeah, I mean, I think. Unless he physically cannot go, he's not going to go. And and I think, you know, the competitor that Kershaw is, he's going to continue to give it his all. And every time he goes out there, he gives it all, you know, even in these games, right? And, you know, game in Miami, like, how important is that game to the Dodgers? Like, in the spectrum of the season, right? Not really nothing, right? Like, it's not, it's not nothing for him to, like, really go out there and, like, just, like, give it his entire, everything he's got, right? But, you know, that's Kershaw. That's the competitor that he is. But and I think, you know, going forward, you know, he'll, he'll go to the playoffs and, and, and you know, he's going to compete. That's that's Kershaw. That's who we've known. And that's who we love, right, for the last 16 years. You know who Clayton Kershaw is. It, it may not be important in terms of the standings, but for me it's in, important in this aspect. Since he came back from his injury, it was about stretching him out, right? So if he's limited, they're not going to be able to stretch him out. So I think they started off with five innings, slowly working him up to 
maybe getting six. I think six was the most that they were hoping to get out of Kershaw. But now, and and we're going to, it's going to segue into, I want to talk about the whole pitching staff, the starting rotation and how we're getting into the playoffs. But I, I understand your point in terms of the standings. I don't think it's important, but in terms of building Kershaw up for the postseason, the fact that he's experiencing this right now, that's where it's important because I think either you're not going to be able to build him up for more than five innings and just hope you get through five innings. Uh, so we're going to see that. So what I want to do is let's take a quick break right now. And then when we come back from the break, I, I want to get into the Dodgers starting pitching rotation. Okay. So the, the Dodgers starting pitching is if you read what's on social media, it's in shambles. We don't even have a pitching rotation. It's not that we have a bad pitching rotation. People are just like, literally, we don't have a pitching rotation. So of course the loss of Julio is huge. Now, the thing is, is Julio was really inconsistent this year. There was that stretch when he came back from his injury where he was pitching really well and everybody's like, Julio's back. But then the last couple of starts, he just didn't look like himself. So it's like, who knows what version of Julio you were going to get in the, in the playoffs. Now that Kershaw and the shoulder barking issue, it's like, is Kershaw even going to? So if you lose two of your starters going into the rotation, this is literally what you have left. Lance Lynn, who, if you listen to all those managers on social media, have already said you cannot allow him to pitch in, in the postseason. So I want to start off with Lance Lynn. So Lance Lynn, his last two starts, these are his numbers. He's basically gone four and two-thirds, gave up eight earned runs. Four and a third gave up seven earned runs. He has not looked good at all. He, this is not the same Lance Lynn that we saw when he first arrived on the team. The home runs are an issue. Reina, is this just a blip in a long season uh, that with Lance Lynn, it's just, it just, it's two bad starts. Or is this concerning to you where you factor in, Hey, when we traded him, his ERA, when we traded for him, his ERA was over six. So this is who this guy is. This is the season this guy's having. I mean, he had a great quote where it's like, yeah, I've given up 40 home runs. Does it freaking matter? 40 or 30? This is the most home runs I've ever given up, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And, and I mean, the poor guy, I give him credit. He, he, he answers the questions, and he owns up to it. He's perplexed. He's trying to fix it. But how concerned are you about Lance Lynn? I mean, I'm concerned. I obviously want him to to pitch well, but the same the same grace that we're giving the offense right now of oh maybe they're distracted. That's why we're not hitting much. I think you've got to also extend that to the pitchers. They're also feeling the pressure. Does that go for the the Atlanta series or the? Um, I mean, we won the Boston series uh, or not the yeah. Boston series, but the game that he pitched in Boston seven to four. Yeah. We lost eight to seven, and he, he only think- gave up three runs in that Boston game. Right. It's the last two games. Those are the ones that look really bad and have caused his ERA to balloon with the and, Dodgers. And those are the games where we know we have the offense is going to have to bolster him, right? And we and we almost did, if not for that that Muncie error, and then you know that Atlanta kind of coming back in that last inning. We would we could have potentially won, and yeah, what he gave up sucks, but we were able to bolster him with those runs. 
We couldn't quite pull that off on what was it Wednesday's game. It was four to 11. He gave, he gave up a lot, but yeah. at the same time, again, we're giving the players grace for that Marlins game for, for the offense. We need to do that with him too. He could have been distracted. He could have had a bad day. Uh, and in baby face uh, to you in, uh, in the Lance Lynn situation. I know you thought you, I think you said this at the, at the Bravo series that it's like, he's going to be a problem. And, and look, this is one of those things where, I know everybody loves Mark Pryor, and they all think Mark Pryor can work miracles. Look, Noah Syndergaard, and uh, hopefully this is not the case with Lance Lynn, but maybe Mark Pryor is not a miracle worker, or these two pitchers are Mark Pryor proof. How concerned are you on Lance Lynn? I mean, so Lynn, what, he came over, he had like four, five starts, right, that he pitched good, right? He pitched pretty good, right, on on all those until – to the Braves one and the, and the Miami one, yeah, and and even the Miami game, he got into the fifth, yeah, and he hadn't given up anything. It's just kind of that inning where he imploded. And I think, I think the strategy strategy with him is, you know, if they're going to use him in the playoffs, is he's kind of going to go, you know, inning by inning, like right, you know, if he goes first, second, third, fourth, he's pretty good. Fifth, first sign of trouble, you know, that's kind of where they're going to have to give him the hook, right? Because we've kind of seen what is happening with him it's kind of it just it happens and it happens fast and and all of a sudden so i think they might have to take that approach but you know you know he was getting to the fifth and i think that he would go three home runs in that inning and and then they kind of just you know went south so it's concerning yes that he's given up all those home runs but i think if they manage it correctly with him you know they might be okay look here here to me is what's glaringly obvious and this is going to lead to my segue into these rookies. What we we saw this with Julio, uh, we, and we see it with Lance Lynn, and this especially this last start with Kershaw, we saw it. the inability to put people to put hitters away, the inability to have swing and miss stuff is a huge factor in Major League Baseball right now. And when you look at these rookies, when you look at Bobby Ice. When you look at Popote and when you look at Emmett Sheehan, these guys have swing and miss stuff. And because they have swing and miss stuff, they're able to, to limit the damage. They're able to, to, to let, you know, they're able to hold these offenses down. So let's get into it. I know before all this stuff happened with Julio and it, it seemed like Bobby Miller is even Bobby Miller going to get a start in the NLDS? Will Bobby Miller probably, he won't get a start until the NLCS because he'll be your number four. Right now, I know a lot of people are making the case that Bobby Miller might be pitching game one of the NLDS and he's going to be pitching at home. I mean, Bobby Miller, at like what he did against the Bravos is impressive. And I, I feel, you know, Dave Roberts said this, uh, La Reina and I were there on Sunday. They had asked him and he says, you know, it's something Bobby Miller has picked up becoming a major league pitcher a lot quicker than a lot of other rookies do. And he compared him to Walker Bueller. The last time he saw a, a, a rookie pitcher pick things up as quickly as Bobby Miller's doing is when Walker Bueller did it. And he's talking about that 2018 uh, postseason run where you could argue that Walker Bueller was the best pitcher the Dodgers had in 2018. So if Bobby Miller is going to follow along those path, that path, 
and he's going to pitch like Bueller pitched in 2018. I, I'll take that. I, I mean, at this point, to what Larina had said, if Kershaw is not healthy, look, use the month of September and build up these rookies. Because to me, it's looking like this is who we're going to go with in the postseason is the rookies. You're going to go, if you can get Kershaw, great. But you're going to have Bobby Miller. You're going to, and, and to me, right after Bobby Miller, especially with the performance that he had on Thursday, six and two-thirds of no-hit ball. I mean, Popote, Ryan Popote's numbers are very impressive since he's come up. I mean, he's pitched five in, he five innings, only gave up one run. Then he his next four innings, only gave up one earned run. Then he went five innings and gave up no earned runs. He went seven, I mean, close to seven today, and gave up no runs. And what is so impressive is he has not walked more than one batter in those games. He's getting strikeouts. I think Popote is making a case that he needs to be considered for a start in the postseason. And Emmett Sheehan, I'm very eager to see what he does. If you give Emmett Sheehan that runway the rest of the season, he looked good against the Bravos too. Let's see. Look, at this point, what do you have to lose? You've already overachieved this year. Now, I don't think anybody expected the Dodgers to be where they're at right now. So maybe you just roll the dice and, hey, maybe these rookies get hot. They get ridiculous because they don't know any better. Yeah, I totally get that the postseason is different and the pressure might get to them. But it might not get to these guys because they don't know. They, they don't know what to expect. Reina, what are your thoughts on, on Bobby Miller, Popote, and Sheehan? I think that's my biggest concern, right, with the postseason is it's just nerves. Like they I think it was Bobby. He said on during his interview on on Sunday that, you know, he felt good. This was his second time seeing the break. He debuted against the Braves and won. And now he's coming up against them the second time. And, you know, he said he was super focused. He felt comfortable going into that game. So my only concern is. Do they let the postseason jitters get them? Even if you have him either start first or second, you give Kershaw the first start, just even to give them a bridge to those nerves. Do Does that shake them just a little bit just because of the moment and it's so big? Or do they continue to do like what at least Miller and, and Pepio have done is just go with it and just kind of calmly pitch through that game? Sheehan, uh, I think... I would be a little more reserved about, I would still probably run like a piggyback with him. But I think if you're running something with like Miller, Pepio, Kershaw, not necessarily in that order, I think that's, that's kind of how you have to move at this point. Babyface, how are you feeling about these rookies? Are you ready to, to, to ride with these rookies in the postseason? So Bobby Miller in game one. And I think, and I think um, Cody Snavely, he wrote a piece on, on, on Dodgers beat, you know, in support of that as well recently um i kind of i'm i'm kind of liking that idea i mean you know you put this guy out there he's at home you know i'm not going to say not not a lot of pressure but you know i i think maybe the pressure is a little less right cuz it's at home not on the road but i think you know you want to put some electricity in that stadium you put bobby miller on that mound right i mean he and he'd probably be facing you know it's going to be the winner of the the Brewers and and right now that third wild card is crazy. I mean, right now at this moment it's Arizona, um, but like yesterday it was Miami, um, and then Cincinnati's like right there as well. 
the Giants are starting to fade. So it might be one of those teams. It'd be like it'd be the Brewers, Arizona, Miami, or maybe the Reds. So, I mean, you never know. Like you said, you know, you you bring this guy out there in first game, first playoff game. You know, just start it off. You know, with a bang, right? Put this guy out there, and I mean, he's proven he he can, he's he's built for that moment. Like you said, comparing him to Bueller, he's kind of in that same mode, right? He's kind of he's kind of built for that. So it'd be interesting to see him. But the other guys, you know, Pepio, you know, Sheehan, like Amy was saying, like yeah, maybe Sheehan might have a a piggyback type of, of game. Um, I'd be kind of more comfortable with that. But I mean, Pepio's holding his own as well. Um, you know, his his all his appearances since he's been up. He's been great. Um, kind of, I think it's kind of like a bleed loss, uh, bump kind of effect. Don't didn't 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 we talk to him before he came up? So and he's been lights out, and so I'm just saying, right? So, but yeah, I mean, I think the rookies are going to be a huge part of this uh, postseason. Yeah, look, I I think La Reina brought something out that really concerns me, I, and you did too, babyface, the piggyback idea, because the way things are right now. Uh, uh, Bobby Miller, I think, is the only guy that you could probably have any semblance of confidence that could maybe pitch seven innings in a in, in a game. Other than that, to me, it seems like all these games are going to be piggyback games in the postseason. And that's concerning to me because the more you use your bullpen, the more decisions you have to make, the more opportunities for something to go wrong will go wrong. And I feel like we saw that last year. Uh, we saw that in the show pod series when we couldn't get length from our starters. And all right, well, it's okay. We're going to bring in our reliever in the sixth. Then we'll go to this, to this guy in the seventh. We'll go to this guy in the eighth. And then we'll go to this guy in the ninth. So that's four moves. So all you need is for one guy of those four to totally screw the pooch on it. And you lose the game as opposed to if you can get a starter to go seven. And now instead of making four pitching changes, you're only making, you you know what I'm saying? You reduce, you reduce your chances of something going wrong. That is my concern. We're going to burn this bullpen in the playoffs. And I hope we don't burn it in the first series before we get to the Bravos. But if Kershaw is giving you four and not five, if Bueller's only going to give, I mean, we haven't even talked about what they're going to do with Walker Bueller. Is Walker Bueller even going to be an option for the postseason? I mean, the, here's the thing it's like if you're going to use Walker for two, that means the bullpen's coming in again. And if Pepio, if Popote, you know, goes short, the bull, it's another bullpen game. So it, it, it's what concerns me. And it's also what concerns me about the Dodgers front office is they overthink things. They completely ignore the eye test. They have to show that they're the smartest person in the room. I, I feel like there's a huge recipe for everything to go wrong. I, I, I would just, I would love for these young kids in this month of September, give them enough rope. Let's see, like, let's prepare them. Let's try to stretch them out as long as we can to see if they can give you any length in the postseason. Reina, I know you're chomping at the bit. What am I saying wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, we we do have a history of this. Brandon Morrow, we wore him out. Yes. He was a great pitcher and we we buried him. But but Yeah, by the time he got to the World Series, I felt so bad because he oh had such a God. great season. But you know he was on fumes in that World Series. Right. But then 
it's great to talk about like let's give them a leash but you're also balancing that against like hey let's also keep them healthy because these rookies are the best pitchers we've got right now so it's nice to have a shoulda woulda coulda list or a you know if only list but at the same time this is what we have so we may be piggybacking we may be dipping into the the bullpen and there's nothing we can do to change that like it might just be we all have to adjust our mindset and we get as far as we get and Hopefully, you know, we didn't think we'd get this far at the beginning of the year. Hopefully being able to limp along will get us there. But I would I would just be concerned. Yes, I want to stretch them out, give them a little bit more leash, but also let's not hurt them because then now what? The guy who could give you seven innings, now he's at maybe four or five. And now great, you just burned two more innings. And that's not even getting into the other guys. Babyface, are you ready for bullpen games in the in the playoffs? So you're saying um you know, if we get a start of five, right, then we need four guys, right? But potentially, yeah. right, you want to have, you know, five, six guys that are ready to go, right? So that brings me to another point. Uh, Roberts, I think he, he he had mentioned he has like a a, a a trust tree or something like that. He calls it a a, a trust tree of, of his relievers. So who do you trust in that bullpen? If we're going to need, say, five guys, six guys, who do you trust in that pen to come out, right? I mean, so... Phillips, right? Right. Brazier. Yeah. Right. Brazier's earned it. Brazier's Brazier, right. earned it to be on that tree. So, you know Gratterall's going to be there. Exactly. So that's three, right? Um, Miller's doing really good. Shelby come back. Yeah, yeah Shelby Miller. So, so there's four guys, right? So then after that, who else do you have? You, think you need Barley's a lefty. Be you Gus need Barley's? a lefty. Vesia? You, you need a lefty. Vesia? So Vesia's your guy, or 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 uh, or Victor Gonzalez? Yeah, what, what about or Caleb? No, or yeah. Caleb. You're Caleb. You so need a lefty because the Bravos have Matt Olson. You're going to see Matt Olson. You're going to need somebody to pitch to Matt Olson late in games. So they're probably going to need two lefties, right? So it's probably gonna, it's probably going to be Ferguson and Vesia, right? More than likely, right? But look, hey, the bullpen has been good. Yeah, they've had a couple of hiccups, but that happens to a bullpen over a season. The problem is, is in a series, you can't uh, look if you're throwing those guys every day, it catches up to you. I think that's what happened in the show pod series that game four. How many times had they already seen Almonte in that series? You know, it, it's it, that's what's concerning to me. And that's why I, I hope we can get some length from the starters. But I also know the mentality is you don't want to see that. You don't want them to go a second time through the lineup or a third time through the lineup. You know, that's that's what's concerning to me. And that's why I, I would just love for September. Take the leash off of these guys. Like, let me, Reina, I was convinced if, if, if Popote had a no-hitter going in the eighth, he was going to get pulled. There is no way that Roberts was going to let Popote throw 95 to 100 pitches to try to get that no hitter if he pulled kirsch for you know in a no hitter he's he's not gonna hesitate from pulling pepio there's you know hey great game you got us this far now let's put in somebody else i don't know this for a fact but i i feel like i kind of saw dave roberts cheer when uh when popote gave up that hit because i felt like yes i don't have to make that decision i'm not gonna get have to answer those questions again well, I don't know because it, it was a perfect game. So his pitch count was still pretty low, right? He was in the, right. was he he was like in, in the, the mid sixties, six sixty seven. Well, 70s, yeah, right? yeah. 
he he had to make a little more he had to make a few more pitches. I mean, that sixth inning, he only gave he only made five pitches. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he would have let him if he would if he would have got out that seventh inning, you know, eighth and ninth. Did he pull Sheehan early to, earlier in the year too? Yeah, when he yeah. had a when he, he made his debut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he he pulled him. Yeah, I th- I think like I said, if if it would have been if he would have got out that seventh, still perfect, he would have continued. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's I I'm encouraged. I don't like. I'm telling you, after the Bravo series, especially the first two games. After Thursday and Friday, when everybody was, you know, overreaction city, oh, we suck, we're not doing anything. And then you hear the news of Julio, and then you hear, you know, Kershaw. It's like, ah, oh, man, it's just the writing's on the wall. The Dodgers are just snake bit. I don't know, man. I, I feel like these rookies, they might surprise. They they might give us a fighting chance. I think we also, again, we, we forget how spoiled we are. Yeah, they just lost two series, but we won the last nine series. And, and also, it's been a long season. They're tired. They're going to drop some games. It doesn't feel good, especially when it's up against somebody like, like the Braves. But still, these are good teams. And we didn't, it wasn't like they were, you know, killing us. They were close games. Like, we did a good job. It's, like I said, it's not great, but there are worse things that could be happening right now. So I think just all there, there, there are worse things happening right now. I We're mean, just not going to uh, uh, focus on them. <laughs> there are. So considering that situation or any situation, we're still doing pretty good. We're still at yeah. the top of the league. So breathe. Uh, Babyface, yeah. Do you want to add anything before we transition over to the to the picks? Yeah. I mean, just I mean, we've said this all all along, right? I mean, the the postseason obviously is a different animal, and and we'll see we'll see what happens, right? I mean, they've been playing good. We want them to continue playing, you know, pick it up in September, and then you know, like I said, it's kind of that roll of the dice. I think if if they come out firing in that first series, and they kind of play how they've been playing, it's it's going to be you know, it's going to be really bode well for them. But, you know, you just can't have them come out flat like they did last year because, you know, those early, early round uh, exits don't don't feel so good. But yeah, do you they... think that, like, Mookie and Freddie are going to let that happen this year, too, especially as we've finally found that cohesion in the second half? Or do you think, like, they just they bolster the team because they are the veterans and we have all that other leadership? You've got Kike and Rojas bringing the fun in. So, like, do you think that factors in where maybe it's a little different than last year? Well, I mean... You know they want to win, but it, like you said, it's baseball, and anything could happen. And that's kind of like like what I've always been saying about last season. Like it was baseball, and that's why the Dodgers lost to the Padres. I mean, they were games that obviously the Dodgers should have won, but it's baseball, and it and it happens. So it's not like you know these guys obviously are going to say that well we're not going to let it happen. But like I said, what I feel different about this this roster is kind of the the, the veteran presence presence right of like guys like Hayward. And Peralta, and I think, I think those guys are going to make the difference. Maybe in those games where maybe they're 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 low low scoring games and they need a hit, a big hit. I think some of those guys are going to are going to do it for them this this year, which is a difference from last season. If you have any kind of magic potion, I think that I think that's a perfect point, Roger. Like you've got the veterans, you've got the rookies who are chomping at the bit to prove their stuff. You've got the fun of Kike bringing back the rally banana, maybe. I don't know. Rojas doing whatever he's doing in Peralta. Like, they all together, like, they bring that fun. And then you've also got, 
like Mookie and Freddie, like they're leading like crazy. Freddie's leading in like doubles. He's about to break a record. Mookie just hit his, what, 250th, 251st home run. Like they're all doing great things. So I think if anything, this is like the everything kind of coming together in the perfect moment. Is it is it perfect in and of itself of what we would have ordered for a season? No, but like you've got a lot of components that are working together in their favor. You know, uh, thank you for reminding me, Reina. We have an update and that this was something that I don't think a lot of us even picked up on, but Mookie left the game uh, on Thursday's game against the Marlins of Miami in the eighth inning. And uh, Jack Harris is reporting. uh, Babyface, you want to give us the update uh, with Jack Harris from the Los Angeles Times? It was actually someone else reported it first. Jack Harris was confirming it. Yeah, they said he left on crutches. I guess he fouled a ball off his foot in the eighth inning, right? And and I saw the replay. It looked like it just, you know, straight ball down onto his foot. Um, didn't seem that serious then, but he did have x-rays uh, negative, but he did leave on crutches, which is a little concerning. Um, so we'll have to see uh, what the update is, uh, you know, tomorrow on this weekend. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on because if you guys thought the reaction to Julio and then Kershaw was bad, can you imagine if we wake up to Mookie is done for the season, what that's going to do for the Dodgers? Uh, I, whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, that, Prince of Darkness, whoa. If anything, what will happen is, uh, you know, on StubHub, I'll probably get cheap tickets to the NLDS that way because I know everyone will count the Dodgers out. Um, but it is concerning to me because, I mean, it, I immediately when I hear crutches, I thought about Justin Turner when Justin Turner got hit on the wrist and he was out for a month more so than that. So uh, yeah, hopefully uh, look, light the candles, do whatever you guys got to do and hope that Mookie's okay. But I mean, it would just be so typical of this season, right? Where it's just like, they're just snake bit. They're just, uh, I mean, what could have happened if this team was healthy? Like what could they, they accomplish? But it's, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll see. Of course, the minute we hear anything, we will let you guys know. So let's go into our picks. Uh, as, they no- lead, as they lead the NL West. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Go on. Hey, what are you? What are you saying? Just because their magic number is nine, I can't complain about this team. You can I do mean, whatever you want. You're grown. <laughs> at this point, it looks like the Dodgers are probably going to clinch the division next week. I, I don't <laughs> think they'll do it at home, but. The fact that their number is going down and they've lost five out of the last seven. Come on. (laughs) That is true. The magic number is nine. So I, I I think they're probably going to clinch next week, but so nobody won the picks last week because nobody predicted a disastrous uh, run of games here. Um, The Dodgers ended up going two and five. I think everybody had the reverse. Everybody was either five and two. I had four and three. So that I was going to pull a Roger and ask for my imaginary point for doing the opposite, but I won't. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I, I I had the numbers right, uh, but I just didn't have them in that order. So that being said, the next group of games, we're going to do six games. It's going to be three in Washington, and then they come home to play three against Roger's uh, show pods, the famous show pods. So uh, let's go to the ladies line. Uh, so a recap before we hear the La Reina's picks. Uh, our viewers are still in the lead. They have a three-game lead over me. They have a four-game lead over Babyface. And they have a five-game lead over La Reina. And guess what? We're running out of time, man. We we are running out of time. I think the, the viewers are, are in a very good position. So viewers, listeners, 
Make sure you send in your picks. You can send them to us either via our social media, whether it's IG or Twitter, or send us, let us know. Simeon always does a great job of tagging us and letting us know what uh, his picks are. So that being said, uh, let's go to the ladies' line. And what uh, what are the Dodgers going to do? I'm going to say three and three, just because of the the current situation with distractions. Mookie kind of leaving a little early on crutches. Um, but I don't want to count us completely out. But I but I'm also a little worried about the Padres. Opposite of of Roger, I think we do sometimes play down, and they are running on spite. Even if they're not going to maybe make it to the wild card, they're still going to try to stick it to us. So. Um, I'm going to go three and three. All right. La Reina is going three and three and uh, I'm going to go two and four. I think the Dodgers are going to go through a stretch right now, especially um, I don't think Mookie's going to, I don't think we're going to see Mookie in Washington this weekend. Uh, I don't think Mookie's going to play. I also think uh, this pitching situation, I hope we get bounce backs, but if, if we get another short outing from Lance Lynn, if you get another short outing from Kershaw, I think they're already factoring in a bullpen game this weekend in Washington. I, I think the bullpen is going to get worn out. Um, so I, and I think the Nationals are, are are deceptive. I, you know, they're they at one point I think they were even tied with the show pods in the wild card standings. Uh, so I, I think they're going to play them tough and. Um, and then they come back home and, you know, the show pods just live uh, to beat the Dodgers. So I'm, I'm going two and four. Babyface. Since I'm the only positive one here, I'm going to go four and two on this. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll, they'll, they'll get back to, uh, to where they've been um, and take care of business in Washington. And, yeah, show pods, are, uh, they're dead. <laughs> and there you have it. We're going to end the show with the famous past, the, the favorite pastime of Babyface, and that is shitting on the show pods. Any opportunity he has to shit on the show pods, he will. So, yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, La Reina de Playa Larga, Amy Cuevas, and Babyface. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Um, nos vemos para la próxima. Adios. Uh, this episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.